Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Well, hi, my golf friends, and welcome back to Above Par. It's nice to have you here and listening. Thank you so much. So I have a interesting concept today that I want to share with you, and that's about mental game styles. You likely have a mental game. Well, I encourage people to work on their mental game and to improve their style so that it works for you. You probably have one. You probably have one that's working right now. Actually, I know you have one because you're functioning, (laughs) right? And I came up with this concept that I want to share with you today by, I got to give you a little bit of the backstory. And this is one of those things where one thing happened that led to another thing that created a thought. And next thing you know, I had this whole concept (laughs) with names and everything. So I have a puppy that needs to be groomed. And I took her in maybe about two months ago to get used to grooming. They said, like, let me give her a bath. And they'll blow dry, get used to all the tools or whatever. And so she has white hair and she's really soft, but she looks like she's just got off the beach. Like her hair's wavy and it's long. And she came out and she looked like a blowfish, like like a Pomeranian. She was so puffy and big. And then she had this little orange feather in her hair. (laughs) She looked at me like, what did you do to me? I swear she was flipping me off with her little paw. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, they really didn't cut her or trim her hair down. Now I'm hesitant to go in because I don't want her to look like a bluefish, basically. I bet I could do this. I, I mean, how hard can it be? I've never used these clippers really before. <laughs> so I'm researching how to groom dogs right now. Her hair is four inches long. It's long. I get the longest little attachment on there and I go over her and it wasn't a really great success because she laid down and she moved and she got freezed. Half of her body was cut and the other half wasn't cut. And there may or may not be some very low, slightly balding spots. <laughs> I did not do a very good job. But there's also were some scissors in this box. I, I swear I'm getting to the point of my story. So there were some scissors in this box, which I had on the ground and I was going to try and trim up around her face because she gets where she can't even see, right? So I needed to trim around her eyes. Needless to say, she got free. The scissors were on the ground. She grabbed the scissors and started sprinting and playing keep away with me and my daughter. So you're trying not to chase her and become very reactionary and be really calm about trying to get the scissors out of her mouth, which then led me to remember the time when my oldest daughter was in diapers. And remember those Ginzu knives that used to cut through a can infomercials, they'd cut through a can and then they'd go and they cut a tomato and they'd show you how like amazing these dice were. Yeah, I bought those. I bought a lot of them. So I, I thought I had everything tightened up and closed. I came around the corner in the house and there she is with just a diaper on with her hands, her arms up in the air with two Ginzu knives that were as long as her arms, right? They looked ginormous. And she had this look on her face like, come get me. <laughs> and so now with her hands above her head, She is running, laughing, and screaming with these Ginzu knives all over the house. And you have to really not react in those situations, right? Because if you're like, oh my God, now they're going to run. They might trip, run faster. So let's say someone came up from behind her and grabbed her hands and we got the Ginzu knives away and they went up high. 
And it reminded me of that situation because that's often what I describe as people who are very reactionary, like the hair on fire kind of reaction with the hands above the head with the Ginzu knives running um, is a style of managing your mind, which a lot of people do. And it led me to to categorize the other three styles that I see so often that people use to help them manage life and get through life and try and create results that are like, or not. Like sometimes you just go about life unintentional with no path. And that is also a style. So I'm going to share with you these four styles. And I'm going to make an analogy with driving a car just to kind of put it into a different context to see if you can see where they show up in your life. And this is the thing that I want to share with you is you have one brain. It's not like you have a style totally different and effective on the golf course, but then you have the one of these other three styles in different areas of your life. You usually start to create patterns and habits in your brain, and we take them to other areas of your life. That's why the saying is like, how we do one thing, we do everything. And while you might be wishing and wanting to improve your mental game, being how you manage your thoughts and emotions around the game of golf so that you can take more of your talent out there, you have a style. It just might not be working for you. So I want to share with you these different styles and see if one of them resonates with you so that you can start bringing some awareness to it and seeing where you can start shifting. Because this is also the thing is that in the off season is a beautiful time to work on your brain when you're not playing golf as much because there is no rush or hurry or tournament or pressure that's going on. You can start practicing in other areas of your life and then put it into the context of golf when the time comes up. This is awesome off season work. Okay, so here are the styles. So the first one is blinders. And the blinders is the person who really doesn't want to look at their thoughts or emotions. They don't want to have to think. I had a client who I went through the exercise of coming up with some thoughts that were very, really effective for her as she was playing in some tournaments. And she goes, you know, I just don't like to think, which I thought was so interesting. And this is what you may not realize is you're thinking. You have 60,000 thoughts a day. You only really hear or pay attention to a small percentage of them. The rest of them are running around in the background, running your life at a subconscious, unintentional level. And by you not being willing to pay attention to those thoughts or emotions, it's like having a five-year-old drive a car. You're letting the primitive part of your brain, that subconscious part of your brain, which you have no idea whether it's skilled or has your best interest in mind, driving you around. It's going to be zigging and zagging all over the road, stopping at places that you don't want to stop. McDonald's, <laughs> Toys R Us, right? It's, you're going to be stopping in places that you might not want to wa- uh, stop at while you, all you really want to do is stay in the lane, right? So if you're a person who doesn't want to look at your thoughts, who doesn't want to pay attention to your emotions, you're not driving your own bus. You are thinking, whether you know it or not, You just aren't thinking intentionally and you're letting a part of your brain that was not designed, the primitive part of your brain, to live in this era, run the show. So that is the blinder mental game style. The second one is the stubborn style, right? So that's a person who has these thoughts and beliefs that they hold on to so dearly and adamantly that they're not willing to let them go but they keep producing the same results over and over and over again. Often we have this stubborn mentality a little accidentally because once we have a thought that turns into a belief, we believe it is a fact, right? So it almost is we don't pay attention to it. It's of course it's true because you believe it so strongly. That's part of what I do in coaching is I, I question everybody's thoughts. Is it true? Is it serving you? 
Like, is there another way to look at it? I just had a recent call with a client and we talked about how he had some very stubborn mental styles when it came to his work, especially when it came to the month of December. We had come a full year. We've been coaching. Actually, I think we've been coaching together two years now, but we came a full year. A year ago in December, he was adamant. It was December was always going to be his worst month, most miserable month, the hardest one. There was no way around it. He was arguing for that thought. And this year, it's been an easy month and a piece of cake month because he was willing to look at it differently. He was willing to look at ways that maybe it's possible it could be easier. How could I make it easier? Right? When we start questioning those beliefs and thoughts, then we can start shifting our results. He was creating the same result for himself over and over again. Every month, December for sure, was going to be his most miserable month of the year until this year. So that's the stubborn mentality. And that would be a driver who believes that they should just be in the left-hand lane and stay in the left-hand lane no matter what the speed limit is, or that they should always drive X number of miles above the speed limit, and there's no questioning that ever. Not that I'm saying that either one of those driving styles is wrong. I'm just giving you an analogy of someone who gets very stuck in their way of driving on the road, that they just won't look at it any differently. And we do that on the golf course as well. We might think that we know the right things to do always that this is the way that you play this hole. There's no other way of looking at it. This is the way that you prepare for a round. This is what I need to work on, and there's no other way of thinking about it or looking at it. We get very stuck into our own thinking and believing it that we keep producing results that we really don't like over and over again. All right, so the third way is reactionary. This is the Ginzu knife baby. <laughs> this is the person who is reaction, reacting to their environment and their circumstances. So you might have something that happens in your life and you get very emotional. You get very upset and frustrated, annoyed, angry, stressed out, anxious, and you blame it on the circumstances in your life. When that happens, we give up so much control over our thoughts and our emotions. Whenever you think your emotions are coming from a circumstance in your life, whether that's because you hit a bad golf shot, you got a bad lie, you have a bad pairing, and you allow those to create the emotions in your life, become very reactionary to all that, maybe people in your group, things people say in your group, you give up so much of your emotional control. These are the people when they're driving who, when they have a green light day, they're like, yes, that's the way it's supposed to go. I want every day to be like that. I can be happy when I catch every green light, but when I catch a red light day, right, then we're ornery and cranky and we don't think things should go that way, that we're, we should have green light days all the time. That person might be on the road yelling at people for cutting them off or driving too slowly or being angry, being in traffic, that that is what is affecting your mood and your feelings. And that's never the case. Whether you haven't did it, a bad pairing, you're stuck in traffic, or you've caught every red light, that is not what is creating your emotions. It's your thoughts about that that are creating your emotion. And a reactionary person is reacting to their circumstances. And when you do that, you feel like you don't have much control. And the fourth one is the worker mindset. So the worker mindset is that when things aren't going so well, I'll just work harder. I'll practice more. I'll hit more balls. I'll do more. I call that filling up the A line. You just fill up the action line with doing more. They figure you can grind through it and work through it. The more I practice, the better I'll get. Which, while that may or may not be true, you know whether it's working for you or not working for you on how you feel. If you go about it from a negative standpoint, then what happens is you make it effortful. 
You make it harder. You might create results, but it's not as fast as you think it's going to be. Often this mindset is in a hurry to get the result, to create the result for themselves. The analogy I would make with driving is that person who's constantly zigging and zagging through traffic, who's having to constantly look for openings and are cutting people off and driving really fast, and then you catch them at the next light, and they really haven't gotten anywhere faster than you. They just worked so much harder. And that is the worker mindset style. And the reason that I share different analogies with you, whether it's about work or it's about driving or it's about golf, is because these mental game styles show up in every area of your life. So what would be an effective mental game style? Well, taking a little bit from each one of these, one is you want to be open and curious if there's a different way of thinking about something, right? If you keep reproducing the same result that you don't want over and over again, that's a red flag that it's time for you to pause and take a look and question whether your style of handling things and looking at things is working for you. Or you might be very reactionary in your emotions. You have big ups and downs and emotional swings. You're reacting to your environment or your circumstances. That's a sign that is worth looking at your mental game style. Are you creating results, but it's just so hard and difficult? Maybe you're tired. Right? You're getting there, but you just feel like you're walking through quicksand to get there. It, there's nothing easy or simple about the process. Right? That might be time for you to look at, are you filling up that action line by working really hard, but you're doing it from a negative mindset. That is something that you might notice yourself saying, I should and I have to and I need to work harder, do more, practice more. Or are you just blindlessly going about your business, unintentionally creating results for yourself and not really having a plan or a process? And then is the thing, your thought patterns are just habits. You're going to have a habit whether you like it or not, you might as well create a habit of managing your mind, managing your thoughts and emotions, how you deal with different situations that produces results that you want. And it starts with you being aware and having a plan. So those are the four mental game styles. Blinders, stubborn, reactionary, worker. Just start being curious on where they show up in your life in different areas of your life. And the work for you to do in the off-season is come up with a very intentional, productive mental game style so that you can produce the results that you want with less effort. Enjoy the process and be very in intentional about your path going there. You want more information or help on any of this, this is what I do. And you can find any of my promotions that I have going on in December, which I have some, at kathyhartwood.com. And Make sure you listen in next week as I have a five-part series I want to share with you every day of the week, a short podcast that's really going to help you set yourself up for having an amazing 2022. All right, my friends, have an amazing week. I'll talk to you on Monday.